Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, session number 30. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy. We are kicking off 2015 here on the podcast with a fascinating company and a fascinating guest. Rohit Arora is the CEO and co-founder of Biz to Credit. Now, Biz to Credit have been somewhat of a quiet achiever. Their name is becoming mentioned more and more, but they're not still probably the household name that a company like uh, On Deck or Lending Club is. I think that's going to change. And with the podcast today, we learn a lot about what Biz to Credit's doing, some of the real groundbreaking work they're doing in, in small business lending, and just how successful they're being in attracting investors, in attracting borrowers, and really the returns they're providing are nothing short of excellent. So hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Rohit. Yeah, welcome uh, for the opportunity. Okay, so let's get started. Just just, just tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself. Can you give us some background and how you came to start biz to credit Yeah, so biz to credit was started in uh, summer of 2008 uh, by me and my brother Ramit. And being first-generation immigrants into this country, I came here in fall of 2003 so a pretty recent immigrant. So one of the things that struck both of us was that even during the last credit boom, while the mortgage availability was there, there were a lot of brokers and there were a lot of assistance from banks. Uh, there was a big issue with small businesses uh, who were trying to get access to credit and they were having a very hard time in doing that, especially with immigrant businesses, it was even worse. And that's how the idea came to set up an online platform where business owners should be able to get access to the best credit options that they should uh, be availing at any point of time in their business. Okay, so did you have any background in credit yourself, or did you just see the you saw you saw the problem and you wanted to fix it? Yeah, so my background was you know I started my working career with GIC Singapore, which is a big sovereign fund, and actually was part of a fund where. We were investing money in companies in India and China and by using Singapore as a front end. And uh, so that was in late 90s, early 2000. And one of, one of the companies that we put money at that point of time through our fund was uh, Alibaba, ah. uh, which now everybody knows uh, sure. because it was all a SMB play and a logistics play. Mm-hmm. So so when I came to US, you know, I had an idea that, you know, if because I could figure out that say technology is changing a lot of stuff in the emerging markets, but also in US. And one thing that struck me at that point of time, or two things that struck me at that point of time, one was that, you know, in the mobile space, US was far behind the rest of the world, especially Asia. And the second thing was that, you know, still a lot of uh, uh, stuff in the SMB space in US, whether it was, uh, you know, credit, whether it was, you know, SMBs trying to, you know, get a new location or, trying to, you know, uh, buy insurance or, or everything else was still pretty much offline. And the whole technology market was more focused on the consumer stuff and less on the small and mid-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So, so that's how we started the business. And my brother, we used to work in Citibank in India and then came here and was working uh, with uh, Xerox uh, as a financial analyst. So both of us had financial background uh, and at the same time understanding of where the gaps are there in the market. Sure, sure. So then can you tell us what exactly Biz to Credit does? I mean, obviously you're providing financing for small business, but how, how does it work? 
Yeah. So this to credit, as I said, you know, uh, so we started it off as a marketplace where we said that, you know, it should be a, a marketplace which should be intelligent marketplace. So what we mean by that is that, you know, we should have the ability to act like virtual CFOs. And for doing that, you know, we looked at various models. And one model we found was that in 2008, you know, most of the platforms, even on the consumer or mortgage side, were doing lead generation. So we said that, you know, as this to credit, we will not be a lead generator. So what that meant was that we will not get the customers in and then, you know, sell that information to lenders. So we said, you know, we have to do a lot better than that. And that was, you know, the whole genesis of this to credit. So we said that, you know, what can we do better than a normal lead gen platform? So we identified uh, five big touch points for businesses and they were accounting. So, you know, businesses maintain their books or their accountants too. They run their payroll or their payroll is run by a third party company. They put a lot of money in trying to market their businesses. It used to be more offline and a lot more online now. But obviously, marketing was a big challenge for them at any given point of time. They had a payment stuff. So whether they were invoicing or, or accepting credit card payments, and they were also filing their taxes, whether they were sales tax or they were quarterly taxes, tax returns, or they were annual tax returns. And what we found out was that, you know, in most of the things that they were doing, either they were using a third party or the, if they were doing it on their own, it was very manual driven. So we said that, you know, if we take into account all these five touch points, uh, you know, this generates a lot of data from a credit perspective. And if we have the ability to go and build the pipelines into different uh, accounting packages and into into payroll products and into, you know, other aspects out there, uh, what I just mentioned, you know, then without having to ask the customer a lot of information on an ongoing basis uh, with their with their consent, we will be able to get that information and will be able to plot their credit worthiness. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, offering them credit becomes a just a process uh, uh, and a product because if we are able to benchmark them, scorecard them, help them to keep improving their credit worthiness. And by promising the customers that we will make money only if you get funding and not selling their leads to anybody else, we said, you know, why don't we? So that will create a lot of trust. At the other end, what we started doing was that we went to lenders and told them that, you know, we are not going to sell you leads, so you don't have to pay us anything upfront. But in lieu of that, you give us your underwriting criteria. And for a lot of lenders, initially, it was a big, you know, no-no, but they eventually mm -hmm. realized that, that that was a better way. So we crowdsourced a lot of underwriting models, you know, in the beginning. Now, now that gave us a very good insight into, you know, what the lenders are doing, you know, what they are doing well, what they are not doing well, uh, you know, what level of information they are asking. And in lieu of not selling them leads, we also force them to give them or uh, to give us all the performance data back to us. So like we said, okay, we are not taking any balance sheet risk, but we should still have all the performance data on these loans being made through our platform. That way we, we will be able to help both the business owners to keep improving their creditworthiness as well as help the lenders because we will be able to benchmark the borrowers, we will be able to benchmark them against our scorecard, and then we can help the lenders to better or to build better products. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that was the whole genesis. Okay. okay. So I want to touch on a couple of points there. But first, the virtual CFO thing that you talked about, where you go in and you know you provide you provide you know basically a part-time CFO. Is that is that a service you still offer today? Can people, you know, get into biz to credit as a client without actually taking out a loan or is it, or are you purely just a loan marketplace today? 
Yeah, so, you know, we still do that. And what we have done is that uh, that whole virtual CFO concept, we have automated it so much so that even t- today when a business owner goes in and let's say, you know, they want to, to sync their bank accounts, they want to sync in their accounting packages, they want to, you know, get the data from IRS. So we provide all that. They can actually, and they get a, a business analyzer score, which is a culmination of their personal credit scores and the business credit and all the cash flow analysis and the industry risk. And they get a doc vault where they can store all their docs and their accountants can work with them. So the whole philosophy to today, even to today is that, you know, we, we will help you as a virtual CFO and we make it so easy for you as a business owner to go in and do things which you normally won't do. Like, like one big, big challenge for, for most of the businesses is that their documents are not, is never stored in one place. And every time they, they are going to apply for any lending product, you know, once you have gone beyond a typical cash advance, then the lenders will need your tax returns for the last two or three years. They mm-hmm. need to do all the cash flow analysis. And every time the borrower either scampers for it or will go back to their accountant, you know, want to get it from them. So that's a big nightmare for a lot of these guys out there. So what we have done is that when we initially started, it was manual to a certain extent, but over the years we have automated it. And the benefit of that is that we actually have a very high customer retention and we can actually upsell them a lot more credit products and the performance of those customers on our platform is great because before the default, let's say they get into any problem, you know, we can see that, we can help them with the, you know, solutions. And then we also have a team of credit trained uh, loan specialists who actually have very sophisticated dashboards and then you know today we provide every customer an ability to do a free loan consultation but once they have to fill out all the stuff and they have to give us access to their data and by doing that we have seen that we are able to attract and retain very high quality customers which Mm -hmm. typically in the industry uh, is a challenge because companies spend a lot of money in just acquiring customers while we our philosophy is that you know acquiring customers is one part, but retaining and growing those customers over a period of time is is actually more important. You know. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Okay. So then, just on those customers, who are the typical clients? I mean, these are small businesses, obviously. But do you do you specialize, or do you seem to have a concentration in in certain areas? I mean, who are who's applying for loans? Yeah. So that's a very good question. So today, you know, Best to Credit runs a institutional platform as well as a banking platform and the one platform works in conjunction with the other as well as it competes so the kind of customers that we get you know uh, could be in certain cases could be pure play startups which uh, get funded through our sba loan program uh, which is part of our banking platform uh, we have micro lenders like axion and valley economic development corporation who are fully automated through our platform and these are the guys who will actually fund more very small businesses and uh, you know businesses typically not getting funded through our institutional or through our traditional banking platform and then we have an institutional platform where you know we have seen that you know by attracting such high quality customers a large number of our customers there have average age of business of between four to five years have revenues of more than a million dollars and what we are seeing is that you know by by giving the customers a lot of transparency and an ability to move between the institutional products and banking products, we are able to attract very high quality customers on the institutional platform. We are able to retain them and we are also able to you know, do products which nobody else is able to do because of this mix and match kind of stuff. And by making it fully automated for the end customer as well as for our 
institutional partners as as well as for our banking partners the cost of doing that mix and match and cost of doing all the analysis actually is is very low and this also encourages borrowers to not to, you know default and and also it encourages them to keep you know growing their business and keep getting better products because that's our whole promise is that if you keep performing on our platform as a business borrower we will ensure that the next product that you get on the platform is better than the last product that you bought mhm sure sure so um let's just talk about those products then i mean obviously you've got your banking platform institutional platform and you talk you know you talked about the sba loans that are on the banking platform but can you just talk about the range yes. of products on both platforms i mean are these these one year loans three year loans yes. five year loans yes. what are you doing yes so on the institutional platform you know we have loans ranging between 1 to 5 years now we go from you know t- t- typical amount anywhere from $25000 going up to a million dollars you know we have products which are uh, you know bridge financing products where let's say a customer comes in and they need institutional money but they can qualify for a bank loan let's say 6 year months or a year down the line then we'll give them a 3 year or a 4 year product with a early pay off discount and and will also facilitate through our banking platform an ability for them to get a bank loan that's good for institutional guys because you know they get their money back pretty quickly they are able to you know de- deploy that money back on the platform and by putting out a bridge product they are able to you know attract some high quality customers then we have a typical working capital loans which are anywhere between 18 months to 5 years uh, you, you know for you know normal day to day working capital there we have multiple products which is a traditional working capital we do a payroll financing product because we work with the via partnerships with companies like paychex and some of the other large payroll companies so we get a lot of data from these payroll companies and then we have a payroll product for their customers so that these customers can meet their payroll needs most of them the payroll needs arise because you know some of these companies have got big contracts and they have a little longer account receivables and they need the money to bridge that gap Uh, then we also have a real estate back product now in our uh, institutional platform where we do a 5 year loan products uh, against the commercial real estate owner occupied commercial real estate and we have modeled that product on an sba product because sba if you see a large piece of sba lending in this country is against business acquisition or for businesses who have some kind of a commercial real estate so we have brought that product on the institutional side that is some very attractive yields very low defaults and also the ability that the banks are also buying those loans seasoned loans of our institutional platform so what we have done is that we have taken a lot of the banking products and put it on the institutional platform and by doing that you know we are able to uh, provide credit to very high quality customers we are also able to ensure very low default rates and we are also able to ensure that our institutional investors even if they invest in products ranging from 3 to 5 years can get an exit or part of their portfolio can get an exit at par or at premium within a time period of 12 months to 24 months so that keeps the whole engine chugging and the whole premise that as a business owner if you keep performing well you can keep keep getting better products so that also that promise is also there for the business owners the institutional guys are happy because the way institutional loans are written is as if you, if you're underwriting a bank loan but without the bureaucracy and and by fully automating it and for banks it's great because they're not able to compete in the primary market but now they can come and buy loans of the institutional platform once they are seasoned 
Okay, so so that's actually what happens. It's almost like you have a, a secondary market. So yes. you've got um, loans coming in. They've got a you know, might have twelve months or, or more of payments, and then you're selling off these these whole loans off to off to banks. That's uh, that, that's fascinating. Fascinating. Yes. So I guess. What goes on your banking platform? Is it really just SBA loans that you, you, you know, that go on there, or how do you decide what goes where? Yeah, so this is a very uh, this is a very interesting question, and uh, you know what goes where obviously gets decided by the loan terms, by the amount you need. So let's say if somebody qualifies for more than a million dollar, it will go on our banking platform. But obviously, you know if the banking guys are going to take a little bit more time then the institutions can fund it as a bridge loan. So typically what we see on our platforms is that, you know, when the customer or business borrower is coming in, we are obviously capturing their financial information. You know, we have built pipelines into IRS, we have built pipelines into their bank accounts, pipelines into their accounting packages, and we are able to calculate all the financial ratios, including debt service coverage ratios and their historical financial data. And at that stage, you know, based on the customer preference that how quickly they need the money, what for they need the money, we offer them both a institutional product and a banking product. And what we are seeing is, a, is that a large number of times, the, the borrowers will pick an institutional product with a clear visibility that what kind of banking product that they can get. Now, now in terms of banking products, we have partnership with banks like Union Bank of California, mm-hmm. ED Bank, Citibank, and now other banks are joining in. So what we have also done is that we have automated that process also. So let's say, you know, you need a banking loan product, whether SBA or non-SBA, you know, with these banks. And plus we have a large number of small banks on the platform. So you don't have to go and fill out their applications manually or anything. So all that gets filled through the platform and you can see your options at any given point of time. A large number of time, what we are starting to see now is that, you know, people are opting for a mix and match, especially the bigger borrowers, that they will take some institutional money and some bank money or the institutional money gets refinanced into the bank money. Obviously, where it's an acquisition financing that we do, we do bigger CNI deals. So, have, so what I mean, bigger CNI deals are deals above a million dollars. So sometimes they also go directly to our banking platform. But the beauty of the platform is that the customer can see all their options and they can decide which option they want to work with. So I think that is something very interesting on our platform because, you know, while we run a institutional platform, uh, we also, by making it compete against the banking platform and banking platform to compete against the institutional platform, you know, all the best practices are transferred to each other. And at the end of the day, the customer gets the best products that they can get. And, and there's a motivation for them also to keep working. Right. So you, you present, you present a number of options to a borrower. Like some, like obviously some of them are going to, they're going to range in interest rates. They're going to range yes. in loan terms. Yes. And absolutely. then, and, and based on their preferences also, right. you know, what they need, you know. Right. Sure. And then, so even if someone says, look, I want a three year loan, you know, I want this amount, like want $200,000 even though it's pretty clear the loan terms that they want, you will still provide them with multiple options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll provide them with multiple options and there's education stuff also there because we'll tell them that if you go on our institutional platform, you know, this is what you will get. These are the terms. This is the turnaround time and everything. If you go on the banking platform, then this is what you get. And then there's a third option that you can borrow money from the institutional platform and then can get a sort of a refinanced or, you know, the whole loan can be bought by the banks down the line after you have made all these payments. Okay. So a lot of people like that because, you know, then they have a clear visibility and they can borrow money quick and they can get what they want to do 
without having to pay exorbitant pricing. Right. Okay. So let's um and let's just talk about defaults for yes. for a little bit because you know I mean you've obviously got a range of products and you know I imagine that some loans are are more risky than others. Yeah. So give people a little bit a little bit of an idea about your default rates and as well combined with the actual interest rate that you're charging so we can get some idea of what those returns yes. can be. Yeah. So I think on the default side, you, you know, the interest rate side, what we charge on our institutional platform to the borrowers is anywhere between 11 to 17% per annum in terms of default rate on our institutional platform. Uh, you know, over last three years, uh, you know, we have uh, done over uh, $300 million just in the institutional platform and our default rate right now is only 0.6%, 0.6% wow. actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a reason behind it. And the reason is very simple. I would say two or three reasons. One, we don't source any of our deals through any brokers. So there are no ISOs on the platform. Every customer gets an intelligent dashboard. Every customer gets that whole virtual CFO stuff. Every customer has an ability to set up a free loan consultation. Every customer has the ability, every customer will not get that, but every customer has the ability and a visibility that what could be their exit path from an institutional loan could be there. So by keeping that kind of a tight underwriting and by working very closely with the customers and by using technology really well, and then we have our own business analyzer score, which actually updates every month or every quarter. So all the loans that have been given through our institutional platform, you know, we monitor them on an ongoing basis for business analysis score and we can see you know if any stresses are coming in lot prior to them starting to you know miss payments or you know if they if they miss one or two payments you know then we start to do some workouts with them so so the benefit again there is that by having a mix and match of products and by and by showing to the customer that you know you have a path to, towards a better and a better and a better product uh, because on the banking side our interest rates are anywhere between 3.25%, which is U.S. prime, to 6%. So mm-hmm. there's a big, I would say, incentive for borrowers to keep you know, performing on our platform because the more they perform on the platform, the better they perform on the platform, it's easier for them to get cheaper and cheaper loans down the line. And also, if they're performing well and the loans are performing well, then the banks are willing to you know, buy it at a premium, which we share it with our institutional guys. So that way, institutional guys are willing to lower their returns. Like from January, we are launching some products on our institutional platform, you know, where the rates will drop to 7 to 8% because we know exactly how the performance of these loans are, what premium the banks will pay. So, so whatever money the institutions are uh, you know, foregoing uh, upfront, uh, you know, they make a lot more at the back end pretty quickly once they have a certain amount of portfolio. And then the other benefit of this is that we are the first dedicated SMB platform which has got leverage facility. So we have now leverage facility from Citibank and Namura in place. And these leverage facilities are coming in at a very competitive price, much lower than cap ones of the world, like what they were giving. And the reason is because of high quality portfolios, low default rates, you know, traditionally uh, having a maturity period between one to four years and uh, the ability that you know banks can buy those loans for their CRA requirements. So, so the leverage guys really like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, no, I, I can see that. So then, I just want to talk about the investor side. So, if someone wants to come on as an institutional investor today, what? Uh, well, firstly, can they? Do you have a waiting list? And what sort of minimum investment do you require? And I presume you only deal in whole loans. Is that correct? 
Yeah, so right now we are dealing in whole loans. Starting in end of January, early February, we will also start, you know, offering the syndicated portion of fractional loans because our loan sizes are, have gone up and we have more and more institutions want to join the platform. So we also want to diversify that, you know, source of the money. So that's happening as of now. Uh, in terms of wait list, I would say right now, you know, we have just added uh, uh, four to five uh, new institutions. Some of them are pretty big, you know, some of them are Asian and European institutions, pension funds and all that, you know, have come to us and they've been looking for two to four year products, you know, from very high quality customers that they want to fund through our platform. So uh, I would say, you know, we are, we, we, are, we are growing very fast. And what we are doing is that there are two ways to grow fast. One is to lower your underwriting standards, which obviously we are not in any mood to do that. But what we have done is that we have looked at a lot of market gaps and, and are transferring a lot of products from our banking platform into our institutional platform. So prime example was this whole real estate back product that we recently launched. So when we look at the market size, you know, we are saying that, you know, by, by launching these kind of products, we are literally launching a private SBA market. And if you see the SBA market size, every year they do, do almost $40 billion in new lending. And they have like almost uh, $800 billion in, 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 in outstanding loans. Mm-hmm. And by also, you know, increasing the deal size, you know, we are able to capture a lot of CNI market, which, is, which are the commercial and industrial loans. Uh, where um, the bank still, you know, with all the slow processes and everything, still do between 180 to 200 billion a year. So what we are saying is that by by actually transferring a lot of banking practices into our institutional platform, but but making it fully automated, fully seamless, by like helping customers and by monitoring them on an ongoing basis, you know, because the t- t- typical challenge for a lot of alternative lending platform has been is that what size they can go up to at any given point of time. So like we are saying that if you can map out the creditworthiness of the customers, then you can do a larger size, you can take collateral, you can even have secured mm-hmm. loans out there, and you can have a fractional you know, opportunity for a lot of institutions so that way they get a portfolio which is well diversified on our platform itself. Part of it could be bridge, part of it will be bought by banks, part of it would be working capital normal, part of it would be, you know, just for growing their business. So the benefit of that is that on a platform like Best to Credit and institutions are building very diversified portfolio, both from a loan product type, credit profile, as well as their exit options. So like some could be securitized, some, you know, there's a secondary market already available on our platform. Mm -hmm. So that keeps their money constantly rotating. And that also helps the borrowers and the banks and then the institutional guys. Sure, sure. So what is the minimum then if, if, if like particularly you're getting a, if you're starting a fractional platform and say there's someone out there who's listing, who's running a hedge fund or whatever and is thinking, I'd like to give this a try. What is, yeah. what is your minimum that you will, that you will allow on? Yeah. So right now the minimum that, you know, we are allowing on the platform is, you know, the first pool of money that can come in with uh, anywhere between 250 to $500,000. Okay. Actually. Okay. That's, that's and, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, and they can participate uh, in those products. And obviously as it grows, you know, then, then we might relocate to it. You know? Right. Sure. Sure. Well, before I let you go, I got a couple more questions about, you know, one of the things that you, you offer, which I, I've seen mentioned in the press a little bit is your, your small business lending index. So yes. can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So, uh, yeah, so small business lending index, we started it in uh, January of 2011 with the premise that, you know, we were seeing that there was a lot of, you know, stuff going on where banks said that we want to lend money 
and borrowers said we are not getting money. So by having the underwriting criteria of the banks on our platform, so we divided them into big banks for with assets over 10 billion, small banks with assets less than 10 billion, credit unions, and then institutional platform that we launched. So we also started mapping the approval rates. So the whole aim of the Small Business Lending Index was that you know at one place, as a borrower, as a reporter, as a policymaker, as a lender, you should be able to compare you know, what is happening in the market, who is getting money from whom, who is getting approved from whom. And over the last four years, uh, you know, uh, Best Credit Small Business Lending Index has become the benchmark lending index in the country, so much so that it has been so successful that, uh, you know, starting in 2015, you know, we are launching a Hispanic Small Business Lending Index in partnership with Univision. You know, we are starting some city-based lending indexes now because we have got a phenomenal response from the lenders, from the policymakers. So Federal Reserve Board actually and Federal Reserve of New York actually partner with us. Uh, they get a lot of this d- data from us and then they analyze it on their own and then share it back with us. Federal Reserve has written white papers with their benchmark, their senior loan officer survey data with our small business lending index data. So that has been very helpful. And our aim is to make the index stronger and stronger and also more focused by region, more focused by ethnicity, uh, so that, you know, we are able to figure out, you know, what is happening in the industry and how we can build better products. And that's great also for our institutional platform because a lot of time in, uh, when we are building institutional products, we exactly know what the banks are missing and what they will take in the secondary market and what kind of premiums they will pay out there. So that has helped us a lot to develop better products and be more innovative in the marketplace. Right. And it also, it seems like you also produce reports that are, that are based on this index. I know there's some, you know, just on your, on yes. your website right now, you, there's a whole bunch, anyone can go and download this, some of these reports, right? Yes, absolutely. I think one of the key things that we are seeing in the small business marketplace, even more than consumer, is that there's a big change happening in this country. You know, there's a lot of new, especially with the immigration bill now coming in, you know, and even prior to it, you know, if you see the SBA data and other data, you know, know, the fastest growing businesses are Asian Americans and Hispanic businesses. Uh, So we do a lot of these studies now on, you know, by ethnic groups, because even Dodd-Frank has made it mandatory for lenders to know the ethnicity of their board was starting in 2016. But more than that, for us, it's it's something very interesting because we can figure out where the growth areas are. We are doing, you know, studies, annual studies on top 25 metropolitan areas in the country by business growth, by loan performance, by industry. You know, we are doing now studies on, uh, you know, women entrepreneurs, what they are doing, how they are doing, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, loans uh, or, or how they're accessing loans, what they do with the money once they get it, how they are growing their business. So, so by having a very, uh, I would say, uh, granular approach on the data side, now we are able to, you know, build better products and also from a messaging perspective and the whole philosophy of being a virtual CFO is that, that if we know our customers better, then we will be able to produce the right content for them that will help them to or to do better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure okay before i let you go just a couple more things just on where you're at right now are you how many loans have you done i mean what's what's the sort of volume that's running through your platform today yeah yeah so in terms of uh, the institutional platform you know what we have done now is that you know we will be closing the month right now with a volume of almost 
25 to 30 million you know this month and on the banking side it's it's around 25 million you know this month in terms of our projections what we are foreseeing and with new partnerships that we are launching uh, in early 2015 we are targeting on the on the institutional platform almost a billion dollars and on the banking platform also it will be in in the similar range uh, right now our institutional platform is going a lot faster than the banking platform because obviously you know we have been able to introduce new products we we have got a lot of mm-hmm. uh, us money and global money uh, and my take is that in 2015 you know a lot of banks are coming to us to buy these uh, you know cases or buy these loans you know from us and that way you know we are able to you know take it to the next level pretty quickly and this whole interplay or the secondary market that we have set up you know this is going to even increase our volume more because what what we do on our institutional side you know as this loan season and and banks start you know buying more and more of it uh, so that's going to even improve and and increase the volume right and so okay final question you you know obviously you saw the uh, the recent IPO of on deck um obviously you you're not in the exact same market as what they're doing but you know you are a small business lender any plans to go public anytime soon uh, so i think that's a very good question we so we are growing very fast right now and what we are thinking is uh, that you know we uh, we are uh, are getting to go public uh, sometime in early part of 2016 okay uh, uh, so, to the, so 2015 is a year for us to you know keep growing very quick. We have grown a lot in 2014, and 2015 is a year to keep growing, build all the systems in place, so that we can go public sometime in 2016. You know? Okay, well, great. On that note, I'll let you go. I, I really appreciate your time today, Rohit. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Hopefully you'll agree with me now that Bista Credit really is a, a company to watch in this industry. You know, I, I've used the word many times, but I, I found that fascinating that here's a company that is, you know, providing small business funding and they're, and they're providing it at a pretty high level, but really digging into these small businesses and digging into their finances, providing that virtual CFO service. It's, it's brilliant because, you know, not only do you get potentially more loyalty from the business, but you really can make better underwriting decisions. And I think given their success so far and the amount of interest in this space today, I think uh, 2015 is going to be a year where a company like Biz to Credit just starts to really dominate the space. So on that note, I will sign off. Thank you very much for listening. We've got lots more great stuff in store in 2015 and I uh, look forward to chatting with you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>